Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, our first reading this week is from the 55th chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah. It's one of the most powerful reflections we have in the Bible on God's Word. The power of God's Word. The effect of God's Word. Listen now as Isaiah speaks. Just as from the heavens the rain and snow come down and do not return there until they have watered the earth, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. God's word, dabar is the Hebrew word for it. God's dabar, his word, is not simply a grammatical convention, but God's word is a dynamic and creative power. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God's word does not simply describe a state of affairs, it creates a state of affairs. This expression of God's mind accomplishes what it says. When God spoke to the prophets, they were changed. God's word, dabar, dynamic, creative. Where can we see this irresistible power of God's word? Well, all around us. Wherever you are listening to me, look around you. You can see examples of God's creative word. I think I told you before, all of science, all of technology, all of philosophy rest upon the assumption that the world is intelligible. The world is knowable. It has a formal structure that corresponds to the mind's desire to know. Now, we take this so for granted that we barely attend to it. But this is a deeply strange and mystical thing. Whatever is in every corner of the universe, whatever exists, is marked by intelligibility. That means it has been thought into being. Or better, it's been spoken into being. Now you say, well, that's all mystical religion. No, that is the ground of all science. No physicist, no chemist, no biologist, no philosopher would ever get his or her work off the ground unless he assumed that the world was intelligible, unless he assumed that all things have been spoken into being by an intelligent creator. We hear, of course, in the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that through this Word all things were made. That's the mystical intuition I'm talking about. Therefore, just as I can look around this room where I am, and I can see evidence of the architect's mind, so, when you look at the intelligibility of the world, you look at its order and structure, 
You look at the movement of the animals and the planets. You look at the order design of plants and trees. And all of that you see. You hear better. This creative dabar, this created word of God. You know, this intuition links all religions. All the religions of the world basically believe in this creative power. But it also links, as I've been saying, religion to science, art, technology, philosophy. In all these areas, we hear God's word. But then, the Bible tells us there's something more. God speaks an even more pointed word. Now, not a different God. Same God who creates all things, but yet speaks a more pointed word. This time addressed to the freedom of his intelligent creatures. Addressed to us. And this time, God's word is an invitation into friendship. Revelation, we call this. Look now, in the whole of the Old Testament, what do you find? In the prophets and the patriarchs, the great figures and teachers, heroes of the Old Testament, you hear this dabar, this word of God, now addressed to us as a kind of covenant, as a law, as a Torah. God inviting us to respond to his law and thereby come into friendship with him. Then, in the New Testament, this pointed word becomes even more definitive. Now, again in the words of John, the word, yes, available in all things, the word that can be seen in all reality, the word that was spoken through the prophets, the word that's available in the Torah, that same word now becomes flesh, becomes this particular first century figure, Jesus of Nazareth. And in him, we find the most pointed expression of God's invitation into friendship. In all these ways, God sows the seed of his word. You know, some people over the centuries have been brought to faith precisely through the ordered intelligibility of the universe. Scientists, philosophers, poets, and artists can be drawn by that seed of the word. Others are brought to faith through a deep meditation upon the prophets and patriarchs and teachers of the Old Testament. Others then through this living encounter with the word made flesh. All of this, brothers and sisters, is the background to our gospel reading. This wonderful parable from the 13th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. Jesus speaks of the sower who sows the seed, some landing on good soil, some on rocky, some on thorny soil, some on soil with no roots. And he speaks of the different ways that the seed takes root. How is God's word being sown? All the time, everywhere, in every place. And listen now, the most important thing you can do in your life, the most important decision you have to make, is how you respond to it. God speaking all the time, everywhere, sometimes whispering, sometimes very indirectly. 
You're out on a beautiful night, you look up at the starry skies, or you're looking down you see the splendor of a plant. You look even at the simple organism of an insect. In all those ways, that's God's Word whispering to you, speaking to you. You might be hearing it in the words of Scripture. You might be hearing it from the lips of a preacher. The most important decision you can make in your life is how you respond to it. Now, listen to Jesus' own explication of the parable. It functions, I think, as a very effective examination of conscience. That's to say, it helps us to understand how we do or don't respond to this dabar, this word of God. Listen now. The Lord says, The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it. And the evil one comes and steals away what was sown in his heart. God's word sown now into your mind, into your heart. Whether it comes through nature, through science, through the scripture, through Christ himself. It's sown in you. But now, you can allow that seed to die if you do not seek to understand it. In the great Catholic tradition... The Word of God is always something we are called upon to reflect on. If we take in God's Word, but we don't think about it, we don't examine it, we don't theologize about it, that Word can dry up, not be effective. Your faith will not grow if you don't want to know, is a basic Catholic principle. Do you ever find this? It's a pet peeve of mine. A lot of people in our culture will deepen their understanding of all kinds of things, of finance and law and business, even sports. People will know all about the Chicago Cubs or the Los Angeles Dodgers. But, but when it comes to the things of the Spirit, they allow their education to stop in the fourth grade or the sixth grade or the eighth grade. I'll be dating myself a little bit here, but I remember... The Phil Donahue Show. This is now maybe 15, 20 years ago. And Phil Donahue was born and raised a Catholic, often had religious figures on from the church on his program. And it became clear to me from his questions that he was a very intelligent man, knew lots of things about lots of areas. But his religious formation had stopped very early on. One way you can allow the sea to die is not to try to understand it. Second thing now, listen to what the Lord says. The seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy, but he has no root and lasts only for a short time. This too is very common in the religious life. You hear the word of God, again, whether through nature, through science, through philosophy, through the Bible, through Christ, through a preacher, you hear the word of God and it penetrates very deeply into you. And you receive it with great joy and enthusiasm. But you don't allow it to take deep root in you. You ride on the high of this, the buzz of it. Notice people who become very religious. It's like a a match being lit and it flares up and they're full of enthusiasm. But then when troubles arise, doubts arise, you return to the ordinary routines of life, that faith can sort of dry up. It happens here at the seminary sometimes. 
People might be deeply moved by an encounter with Christ. Maybe it was World Youth Day. Maybe they went to one of those great gatherings John Paul II held. Or maybe they were enthralled by a great preacher or by a great saint and they were thrilled with this newfound faith. But then when they returned to the ordinary humdrum, everyday practice of the faith, it dried up. They lost their enthusiasm. The faith is something, the Word of God, when it's planted in you, now has to be watered and cultivated. You have to hang in there through the winter and spring rains, as the Bible says. You have to hang in there through the ups and downs of life if you want it to come to fruition in you. Notice those that play baseball. Baseball practice is rarely a thrill. Those who play the violin, violin practice is rarely a thrill, but they are necessary for the cultivation of these practices, these arts. So with the Word of God. Last one. The seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the Word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the Word and it bears no fruit. A third way now that the Word of God can be stopped in you. You hear it, but then all the distractions of the world, money and fame and power and pleasure, all those distractions come in and like thorns, they choke off the seed. When you hear the Word of God, that's God's Word I'm talking about, the Word of the Lord, you must make that the central abiding preoccupation of your life. You must allow all the other concerns of your life now to be subordinated to and related to the Word of God. If you don't let that happen, that word can also fade away. So, how do you respond? How do you respond? The Lord is sowing the seed of His Word every moment of every day in everything and everybody you encounter. The most important question in your life, how do you respond to it? And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.